Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this great opportunity and privilege to be here and to study your word. We pray in Jesus' name that you come and teach us, Lord. Open our heart to be receptive, O God. We pray, Lord, that you give us the grace to walk in obedience to your word in the name of Jesus. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you be our help today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Um, last week we last week we we, we ended at um, Revelation chapter eight. Um, today we are going to start with chapter nine, and hopefully we'll do chapter nine to eleven. But um, is there any um, anyone want to share with us any anything they learned or they have um, studied over the time? Or between last week and this week, if there's anything that you um, you read about that you want to share with us, please go ahead. Or anything that we have not mentioned that you would like to share with us. I don't need to give my life to Christ. 
if, if it's just that small number that's going to go. Uh, we've, we've come to realize that when we go through the book of Revelation, a mighty great multitude are going to be rejoicing and are going to be with the Father. So uh, that is encouraging. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for sharing, Pastor Steve. Um, all right. All right. So, Pastor Jessica shares, she said, it's encouraging to know that God has a plan and I see God's mercy and grace through our study. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. <clears throat> so, when we, as we continue to read Revelations, then you, you begin to understand that Revelation is not a book of doom. Um, it's not a book of God just condemning everyone, but like like we are all saying, as we continue to study Revelation, we still see the love of God. We see His grace. That we see, we still see that He's extending His hand to mankind to save and deliver mankind. Even after that, He will send angels again to come and minister to the people. He will send the two witnesses. So you see, God gives man so many opportunities um, to be saved and to be delivered. And even giving us the book of Revelation in advance is, is an example of his grace to tell us that this is what is going to happen. And so I need you guys to be obedient to, <clears throat> to escape all these things and not go through this time. So it is, we see God's grace and God's love. I think historically or traditionally, the book of Revelation has been presented to us as a book of damnation or a book of doom. But then... As we continue to study the book of Revelation, we understand that God's grace and his mercy and his heart towards mankind does not change. Even in the book of Revelation, he continues to desire that man will be saved. And that desire does not change when we get to the book of Revelation. So it's it's really a good book for us to, um, I mean, to study and to understand the content. Because I think that in the past, it has been presented in a way that appears as if, okay, this time God has left the whole earth and has given Satan control over the earth to do whatever he wants. But God never gives Satan control over the earth. Jesus Christ is still in charge of releasing um, the seals and opening the seals. So whatever unfold, whatever will unfold in Revelation is in God's plan, like we have all said. All right. So today we are going to start with Revelation chapter 9. Um Hopefully, we are hoping to do three um, chapters today. I think now the plan will be to stick with three. We will not go more than three chapters. Every every time we meet, we'll try to stick with three chapters. Okay. I'm going to try to share this. If it's going to work, no. I can read. Okay, I'm going to read. Revelation chapter 9. Then the fifth angel sounded. Then I saw a star falling. I think we had read the four angels already in chapter 8. So the fifth angel, which is part of the seventh seal. So in the seven seals, there were seven angels with seven trumpets. And in chapter 8, we read that four angels had sounded their trumpets already. In chapter 9, the fifth angel is about to sound his trumpet. So the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star falling from heaven to earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts 
came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth has power. They, com- they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, nor the green thing, or any tree, but only those men who did not have the seal of God on their forehead, and they were given authority to kill. I'm sorry, they were not given authority to kill, to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And so we see that God, um, God, um, right. So after the feed seal is opened, we see that an an angel from a star falls from the from heaven, and this is representative of an angel. To him, he had a key. He was giving to him a key to the bottomless pit. And we know from the Bible that a bottomless pit is where the devil is or where Satan is at the moment. Okay, so I'm sorry, where Satan will be kept in Revelation. So the star that fell from uh, that fell from heaven, this star had um, a key in his hand to go and open the bottomless pit. In Isaiah chapter 14, the Bible tells us about Satan. And how he fell from heaven or from grace. In Isaiah chapter 14, from verse 12 to verse 13, the Bible says that it, it also makes reference to the star. And that's why I want us to read it. He says, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farther side of the north, I will accuse. I'm sorry. I will ascend above the height of the clouds. I will, I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to show to the lowest to the lowest depth of the pit. Amen. So this was talking about Satan when he was in heaven and he decided that he was going to ri- rise his throne above God. And the Bible tells tells us that he was cast down. And he said he was going to rise his throne above the stars of heaven. And the Bible tells us here again in Revelation chapter 9 that a star was cast down to heaven and he had the key to open the bottomless pit. From Revelation chapter 11, chapter 11 the Bible makes reference that... Um, I just want to meet, um, read um, the references that... Revelation chapter 11, verse 7, the Bible says that... When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit bottomless pit will make war against them overcome them and kill them and so this was making reference to satan and so when the bottomless pit is open and revelation chapter 20 verse 2 and 3 also makes the same reference and when we know that satan is the one who is in the bottomless pit and so when this angels when this angel opened the bottomless pit the bible tells us that a smoke comes out smoke comes out of the bottomless pit and fills the earth and fills um, the sun as well. So there will be very great pollution 
and and the sun is even going to be darkened because of the smoke that is coming out now like i explained the other time that this um this event will be happening behind the scenes or in the realms of the spirit and so when the and satan is released from the bottomless pit it is not something that people are going to see but then they will see the effect of his release which is the smoke and the pollution that is going to happen as a result of his release. Now, when the bottomless is uh, uh, bottomless pit is opened, there's the, the Bible says, "Then out of the smoke, Lucas came upon the earth, and there was giving them power as scorpions, as of scorpions, and they were commanded to not to harm the grass or any green thing or." Or the tree, but those men who do not have the seal of God. And we read from Revelation chapter 7 that 144,000 people will be sealed. And so the people who do not have the seal of God, we know that as believers, as children of God, in this current time, that is in the church age, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, when the church age ceases, that is when the church is raptured. When the church is raptured, Raptured, the church age has ceased, and now we move into the tribulation. And during that time, we know the 144,000 people were sealed on their forehead. The Bible says, anyone who does not have the seal of God on his forehead, the um, the Lucas were or uh, the Lucas who were in the form of a scorpion had the power to torment them. And so, just like a, a, a scorpion stings somebody, the Lucas will have this power to to torment the people. So the Bible says in verse 4, they were commanded not to harm the grass. So they were not going to eat grass. They were not going to eat any green thing. They were not going to destroy any green thing. They were not going to destroy the trees as well. But they were going to torment the men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. This means that at this point, the 144,000 people are still on earth. And they were not given authority to kill them. Now, the very interesting thing is that even though this, um, this Lucas are going to torment the people, they are going to um, harm the people, they will not have authority to kill them. And so they are not going to kill them. Their intention is not to kill them. As a matter of fact, when we read further, the Bible tells us that, that when people will desire to die, but they will not die, it means death will be suspended. Any attempt that people will make to commit suicide, it won't work. It will only add to the torment. So, under normal circumstances, things that people will do that will cause them to die, they will not die at this time because death will be suspended. During the time that this particular trumpet is open, uh, people will be tormented. They will have a desire to die. These scorpions were not given, um, were not given um, permission to kill the people. The Bible says they, their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And so, this Lucas will be striking the people when, like when a scorpion Stink somebody. That is the kind of torment. And there will be so many of them. And the Bible says even because of their presence, there will be air pollution and all that. But they would not have authority to kill any man. So this torment that the people will go through, but they will not die. And this is directed towards the people who do not have the seal of God. And so this is not directed towards everyone, but only the people who have rejected the word of God, who have not accepted the word of God. There is something I saw here that really touched my heart. And I believe, uh, when, as we are reading, we, we, I believe we'll get to it. Bible says that in those days, that's in those five months, 
that the Lucas are going to strike the people and torment the people. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. So within that space of five months, death will be suspended. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. Wow. You see, I, I, there's this expression that I, 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 was, I used to, I, I mean, I always mention to discuss how the spirit of man can leave the, the body so easily. Just when somebody, a car crashes somebody, when somebody falls from a high, the spirit of the man will just leave the person and the person will die. But in this particular five months that the Lucas were giving the permission to torment men, the Bible says death will flee from them. Death will flee from the man, from men. Even men who desire to die, they will not find death to die. Because I believe that the torment will be so severe that men will even want to die because they feel like when, when they die, they will not see any other pain. But we know, even, we know that that is not even true. But people will just desire to die and then end it all. Well, like people usually say that let me just end it all. But are, we, are you really ending it all when you die? Do you know for a fact that you are just ending it all when you die? And that is something we have to think about. Because you hear people make the, um, the, uh, make the statement, I just want to die and end it all. But are you really ending it all? It's all going to be ended when you die. You are leaving the earth. But we know that after death, there is judgment that we are all going to, uh, we, we have to face. And so Bible says that at this point, people will have a desire to die but then they are not going to die and they will have to endure the torment that these Lucas are going to um, take them through. So the shape of the Lucas was like horses prepared for a battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their faces like the face, faces of men. And they had hair like women and they, they had teeth like lions, lion's teeth. And they had breastplates uh, like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariot, which many horsemen running into battle. Now, many have said that this will probably be some sort of aircraft or in something like that. But it doesn't appear to be so because the Bible, um, first of all, John, who is writing this uh, revelation, knows Lucas. He knows this has happened before in in, in, in um in Exodus. So he knows what he's writing about. He describes this thing so well. He says they have... The, they have hair, um, like the hair of a man. They have the face of, of a man. And looking at all this description, it's definitely going to be some sort of um, animal, or some sort of, uh, like the Bible has des described here, some sort of insect that is going to torment the people. Like the Bible has said, it's, it strikes like that of a scorpion. And so John was precise with what he was describing here. And so the people will seek that, but death will be suspended. And they only have power to hurt them. They don't have power to kill them. And the Bible says in verse 9 of, of verse 10, the Bible says, And they had tails like a scorpion, and, they, and, and there were stings in their tail. Their, their power was to hurt men five months, and they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in Greek is Apollyon, and this both both of these names means destruction. And Abaddon means destruction in the Hebrew. Apollyon also means destruction in the in um, in the Greek. And this is definitely their master is definitely Satan himself. 
and so this will be some sort of creatures which um will, will, will appear to stink men they will torment them they will inflict them with pain for five months and people will desire to die so that they will they, they will not have to endure that pain but the bible says that death will flee from people every attempt that people will, will make to commit suicide it won't work for this period of five months they will have to go through the um they will have to go through this judgment or this um, punishment that has and again the bible has made it clear that it is only those who do not have the seal of god will have to go through will have to go through this one of the war is past behold two more wars are coming after these and so this were the last wars the three wars that we read in revelation chapter 8 that the bible says war that the three wars are going to be very severe this is the first one the locusts will come stinking people striking people but they will not have the option to die they will just have to endure the pain of the strikes of these creatures now verse 13 and the seed angel sounded and i heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before god saying this saying to the seed angel who were, um, who had the trumpet release the four angels who are bound at the great river Ephrates. so the four angels who who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind now the number of the army of the horsemen were 200 million i had the number of them the bible tells us and that the angels have been bound um there are angels who have been bound awaiting their time of release and this bible this scripture that we just read is tells us that angels are going to be released and there there's going to be an army of horsemen now in, in 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 john's days in the days that john was writing the book of revelation when he spoke about an army then we we're talking about horsemen who had weapons who went out to battle but in our days we know um several years after john wrote the book of revelation armies have been replaced and they are no more horsemen so the bible tells us that there is going to be an army that is going to really um going to be released that is also going to cause the death of at least one third of mankind remember we had read that one fourth that is 15 percent of the people had already died i'm sorry with 25 percent of the people had already died that's one fourth and now when this plague is released another one third out of the remaining are also going to die and this plague um, appears to be some sort of war or some sort of um it's the description fits some sort of war and weapons that are going to be used to kill about one third of, of the people. So let's read um, from verse 17. Verse 17 says, And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplate and a fairy red, high scent blue, and a sulfur yellow. And the head of the horses were like heads of lion. And out of the mouth came fire, smoke, and brimstone. Now, so in the days that um john was writing this when he talked about i mean you were talking about horsemen and people who were riding them and they were using knives to fight but 
the description here is that these are horsemen. They had heads of a lion and the mud of the mouth of the horse came fire, smoke and brimstone. So it's kind of appears to be some sort of missile, some sort of um, um, aircraft that is used for battle. And it's going to and And through this, there were, I mean, we can speculate based on the things that are written here because he says horsemen here. Those those days, horsemen went out to battle, but we know that that has been replaced several years ago. We don't have horsemen going out for battle again, but we have we have guns, we have all those missiles that spit some sort of fire and brimstone that causes people to lose their life or that, that causes injury to people. And so I believe that is some sort of description that um, in the vision that John saw, at that time he didn't know there was going to be aircraft or anything like that. Um, army aircraft that are going to be used for battle so in his vision with his mindset or the things that he already knows he described them as horsemen that is like an army that was going out for battle i, I hope that um the explanation is clear by by these three plagues a third of mankind were killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouth for their power is in their mouth and and in their tail and their tails are like the serpent having heads, and with them they do harm. And so, I mean, from what he's describing here, it appears the horseman that is who, um, there was in his ancient mind, there was a horse, there was a horseman, and the horse was spitting fire. But we know that, um, and this fire with this fire, a third of the man, uh, the men on earth were killed. And so, we when we when we bring this into our modern day mindset with the um, technology that we have with the ammunitions and um, weapons of war that we have now we can um, get a better picture that this probably could be some sort of um, military weapon that was going to be used to kill people and so and this all these things happened spiritually in the realm of the spirit it was going to be something that has been released to take place and it's going to happen in the physical sense and people were going to die through i believe military battle or through um wars and one third of the people on the earth are going to die now this is the part that really touched my heart when i read it he says but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works of the of their works that they should not worship demons idols of gold silver brass stone wood which can neither see nor hear nor walk and they did not repent of their murders for the or their sorceries or their sexual immoralities or their thefts can you imagine everything that we have read so far from the time the seals were opened and now the seven trumpets and the six trumpets have sounded. Look at the very um, painful or tormenting things that we have seen happen. The painful things that we have seen mankind go through. And everything that um, we have read so far about the seals and the trumpet. And the Bible says, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent. You would have thought that when these things happen and people see the amount of pain that they are going through and the amount of torment and the release of God's wrath, 
you would have thought that it would be easy to preach the gospel at this time so that people would just accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior so that they wouldn't have to go through this. But in spite of everything that has happened, people refuse to repent. People refuse to change from their murders, from their sorceries, from their sexual immorality, from their theft. It tells the level of... Um, the love the level of lawlessness that is going to happen at this time that people will decide to do what they want they are going to blaspheme against god they are not going to accept the word of god they are not going to change from their ways they are not going to repent but they will still live in their sinful ways they will still live in their sexual immorality and sexual immorality here refers to every sexual act that is contrary to the word of God. It includes homosexuality, lesbianism, pornography, um, pornography, um, fornication. All those things are under sexual immorality. And people will decide not to repent. And it's not surprising that we are having laws that legitimate these things and make them right. We don't know in the near future which other laws that are going to come to say that all these things are okay and they are right. And people will grow up with a mindset thinking that it's okay to live like this. And we should understand that when it gets to the time of judgment, God is not going to judge the world based on the laws of any nation. He's not going to judge the world based on the laws of United States or based on the laws of Ghana or any other country but based on his words. God's words are eternal. All these human laws will pass away at one point. All these kingdoms will, will be taken away. The only kingdom that will remain forever is God's kingdom. And so let's be mindful of the fact that if the fact that legis legislation has allowed certain things does not mean that God allows them. And there's going, there's going to be lawlessness and people will refuse to repent. And so I believe that as believers, reading this thing should stir our heart up that this is the time we need to take action. If there's anybody within our proximity that we can reach with the word of God, this is the time to reach those people with the word of God and to tell them so that it will be part of the first flight. Because it's really heartbreaking to read that all these things happen to mankind. The seals, the trumpet, the, the people are dying, there is war, the, the uh, water has become poisonous, the sun is darkened, the sun does not shine for the whole um, 12 hours anymore, um, one third of human beings are dying, um, the Lucas has come to torment the people for five months. All these things happened, but the people did not repent. It's very heartbreaking to see that all these things happened. But man just decided that he wasn't going to obey God and he wasn't going to submit to God's ways. And so this should be an urgent call for us as believers that anyone within our proximity, let's tell them the word of God. This is the time because we cannot wait for this thing to happen to the people who are near us. I believe for some of us, knowing that we really had the chance to touch somebody's life and we're not able to touch the person's life, is one thing that, yes, that's, that's very true. 
the those five months that the people are going to the um the people are going to be tormented will, will will be like forever because it's not they won't have any rest those five months will be the people going through um continuous torment for th- those five months without any rest i tell you it's not something that is going to be fun for anyone and this should be our heartbeat towards people who don't know jesus christ do we care enough to make sure that the people around us do not go through these things? They do not suffer this kind of pain. The punishment that is coming to against the people who have not accepted the word of God or who have rejected the word of God is not something that we want to see anyone go through. And that is that should be a heartbeat that we rescue people. You see, when you make a 911 call, or, or let's say there is fire, and then the, the, the fire department drives to the place. They don't start, they don't give you a form to, like when you go to the hospital for consult, um, to consult a doctor, they'll give you a form to fill. Now there's COVID questions. You fill all the questions before the doc, you see the doctor. When the fire department comes, they don't give you a form to fill and ask you what is going on, what happened. And they don't ask you questions. Straight away, they go into action. They try to put out the fire. And that should be our heart when it comes to reaching out to the lost. It's an emergency situation. Whenever you call the 911, the dispatch rider, they set out with speed. They avoid the traffic because they want to reach their destination to rescue the people. And if we are God's 911 line and we have to rescue people from going through hell, from going through this punishment, it's an issue of emergency. There is no time to waste. When, as soon as you dial the emergency number, the people come into action. And that should be what the heart of the people of God or the attitude of the people of God towards winning the loss. We move into action straight away without asking so many questions, without trying to find out the people's background, the things they have done, the things they have not done. All we want to present to them is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Let's learn that attitude from the um, first respondents when there is an emergency. We should approach saving the lost or people who don't know Jesus Christ as an emergency situation. Amen. Now chapter 10, the Bible says, I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, clothed with a, cl- with a cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like the pillars of fire. He had a little book open in his hand, and he set his right foot on the sea, and his left foot on the land and he cried with a loud voice as when a lion roars and when he cried out seven thunders uttered their voices when when and now when the seven thunders uttered their voices i was about to write but i heard a voice from heaven saying to me seal up the things which are ten with the seven thunders uttered and do not write now a description is given to an angel here, a marvelous angel. This angel, the description that is given to the angel appears as if the angel is a very huge angel. Because the Bible says he has one leg on the um on the sea and another leg on the earth. So this appears to be a very huge angel. He has a rainbow on his head, he has a face like a sun. And so you imagine how the sun looks like. That's how the face of the angel looks like. And his feet like the pillar, the feet, his feet were like the pillars of fire. But this angel had a little book in his hand. And when he shouted, um, John said they were like the voice of seven thunders. Now, now when 
The seven tenders uttered their voice. I was about, and John was about to write what he had. But then another voice told him to seal it up. He shouldn't write what he had. And so because John did not write and he was instructed not to write, we don't know exactly what the seven tenders said. Anybody who says that he, he understands or knows what the seven tenders said or what the voice said will be lying. I mean, because it was not revealed. It was not, it, um, those things were not written. Anybody, well, the person could say that, oh, the Holy Spirit showed him or revealed it to him. Well, we will never know if it's true or not because what the Bible told us, usually I want us to stay within the context of the Bible. We have to, it's, it's okay to just stay. Whatever information that is necessary for us to understand has been given in the Bible. Those things that are sealed or have not, have, have not been revealed, when we meet God, finally we will understand those things. Anything else that we we'll say about the things that have not been revealed will be mere speculations. And so let's just stay within what the Bible has told us. The Bible is telling us that those words were sealed up and John was told not to write what he heard. And so we don't know what John heard. We'll only find out one day when we meet in heaven. Amen. All right. So... Verse 5, the Bible said, And the angel whom I was standing, who I saw standing on the sea and on the land. So this angel had one leg on the sea and another leg on the hand uh, on the land, raised up his hand to heaven and swore by him by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and the things that were in it, the earth and the things that are in it, the sea and the things that are in it, that they should be no longer delayed. But in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery should be finished. And he declared to his servants the prophet. The, I'm sorry, the mystery should be finished as he declared to his servants the prophet. And so this angel swore by, by God that the mystery should be finished. That is, the time of the tribulation will come to um, the, the time of the tribulation will come to an end. And he's saying that um, the mystery that God has revealed to his prophet, and the New Testament tells us that the mystery um, is Christ, who will come and save the entire world, including the Gentiles. The Bible says that, that mystery is going to be completed. It's going to be um, finished. It's going to, be, um, it's going to come to a total completion. That it should not it should not delay any further. That salvation is going to be completed, and whatever mysteries that is left, if there is any, is going to be made clear to people. But I believe that it's talking about the salvation coming to a total um completion, the finish work coming to a total manifestation, and people seeing what um God had planned right from the beginning. We know that the mystery which is Christ has been revealed to us, and that mystery is going to be totally completed. The angel says there's not going to be any further delay for this mystery to be completed. Then the voice which I heard from heaven spoke to me again and said, Go, take the little book which is, which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the earth. And so John will approach this angel. Let's read further. So I went to the angel and said to him, Give me the little book. And he said to me, take and eat, and it will make your stomach bitter. But 
it will be as sweet as honey in your mouth. Then I took the little book out of the out of the angel's hand and I ate it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach became bitter. And he said to me, "You must prophesy again about many people, nations, tongues, and kings." Now this thing we just read has happened before in the Bible, and that's that's what I want us to read. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 8 to 9, Ezekiel had a similar experience. The Bible says, Behold, I, I have made your face strong against their faces, and your forehead strong against their forehead. Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are rebellious. Moreover, I'm sorry, I'm reading this now. Moreover, he said, I'm sorry, that's, I, that's not what I'm looking for. But Ezekiel had um, a similar experience where he, he ate, um, sorry, give me one minute. I cannot find the scripture now. But Ezekiel had a similar... All right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 3. I'm sorry. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly. All right. Let me start from verse 1. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat the scroll and go. Speak to, and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat the scroll. Then he said to me, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate. And it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Then he said to me, son of man, go to the house of Israel. Speak with the words for which you, um, for, for you are not sent to the people of unfamiliar, unfamiliar speech or hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many people of unfamiliar speech or of hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely I had sent you to them that they will listen to you. But the house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to me. For the so Ezekiel had a similar experience when he ate the food that when he ate the scroll, it was sweet in his mouth. And when um John also ate the book that was given to him, it was sweet in his mouth, but it was bitter in his stomach. Message the message of the prophecy, which was a bitter message to the world, was bitter in in, in, in the stomach of John. And, and and even though he was carrying this prophetic message, and as nice as the word of God is, the effect of the word the the word that he was about to prophesy to the nations and to the um to the whole world was bitter because uh um it 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 was judgment that he was going to prophesy to the world and to the whole nation. So the people who uh, prophets who carry a message of judgment not necessarily enjoy the message they are preaching, but then it is um the mission that god has given them and that mission has to be fulfilled now when john received the book and he ate he was about 90 when he was re receiving this revelation um there is no record of john's ministry after writing the book of revelation we don't know if he went um 
to some other places and prophesied and told them the things that were about to come. We don't have that recorded, but the Bible tells us that the angel told him that he was going to prophesy to the people, to the nations, and um, to uh, to the people, to the nations, and to the kings. And so John was to fulfill this um, mandate that was given to him by the angels. It was the same thing with um, Ezekiel. Who also received the word of the Lord. Now, chapter 11. All right. Then I was given a reed like a, a measuring rod, and the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave the outer court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I'll give power to my two witnesses. And they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sack. These are the two olives and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemy. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. For these have power to shut heavens so that rain falls, so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. And so we see again that this, um, the, the revelation begins to give us um, the revelation that John is having begins to give us an insight into the ministry of two witnesses who are there at that time. Now, their ministry, the ministry of the two witnesses starts during the second half of the tribulation where the Antichrist have shown his two characters and their, their ministry is going to last for those um, um, three, and a half, three and a half years. The Bible says that the, this, the, they have power to call down fire. They have power, um, power to stop the rain. They have power to, um, to command plagues to come upon the people. Now, there have been so... All right. Okay. So now there have been so many speculations about who these two witnesses are. Some people say it is Moses and Elijah because Moses and Elijah did not die. Now, if Moses and it, if that is the arguments that you are making, so that uh, for Moses and Elijah because they did not die, then what about the people who are going to be raptured during the tribulation? Uh, uh, I mean, before the tribulation, what about the Christians because they will also not taste death? Now, there is this statement we normally make that oh, everybody is going to die, everybody is going to die, and sometimes we use that statement to comfort people who are believing that oh everybody's going to die one day but that statement is not supported in scripture the bible does not tell us that everybody's going to die and even though it's a statement that we make sometimes the bible does not support that scripture now if you make an absolute statement like that that everybody's going to die one day but there are exceptions to that that statement then it cannot be a universal truth in first corinthians chapter 15 when we read from verse 51, I, I want to read the New Living Translation and how it, the New Living Translation 
um, puts this one. First Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 51. Now. The Bible says, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will be transformed. And so the people who are alive at the second coming of Jesus Christ will not taste death. And so the scripture says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 that, but let me reveal to you a wonderful truth. We will not all die. And so this exception here throws out the argument that everyone is going to die. And we make that statement, but the Bible does not. Um, support that statement the people who are alive at the second coming of uh, at the coming of jesus christ or at the appearing of jesus christ will not die and if that is an exception then everyone is not going to die so people make that statement but um it cannot be a statement of truth from scripture first corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 the bible says again let me read from verse 16. I think I've, we have read the scripture so many times. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding, commanding shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive will, and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds. So at the coming of Jesus Christ, there are the people who are present the believers who are present will not die. And if that exception is true, then that statement, everyone will die, cannot be true. And so the people who argue that the two witnesses are, are Moses and Elijah because they are the ones who did not taste death, we also know from the Bible that the believers who are, who are going to be raptured are also not going to taste death. And so if that is the only argument for Moses and Elijah, then um, that argument might not be true. From Enoch again, the same argument is made that Enoch did not taste that. Enoch and Elijah did not taste that. And then in, um, when you read, um, well, let, let's just read because I know that our time is already up. We'll, we'll start from here again next week, but let me just read this. Um, Zechariah chapter Chapter 4, verse 11 to 14. Let me switch back to the New King James. Then I answered and said to him, What are these two olives at the right of the lampstand? And and at its left. And I, and I further answered and said to him, What are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two golden pipes from the which the golden oil drains. Then he answered, Do you not know what these are? And I, I said, No, my Lord. So he said, These are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the earth. And so people have also referred from, from to this scripture to say that it is Joshua and Zerubbabel. But you see, all this, um, but... Um, the two olives, the, the two olives have also been used to represent believers who stand before the Lord or who testify of the Lord. It has also been used symbolically to represent all believers. And so, instead of we trying to um, 
research who these two witnesses are. We should just allow God to be a sovereign God. In his sovereignty, he can raise up any man to be one of the two witnesses. And so let's allow God to be a sovereign God. The Bible tells us that they are going to be two witnesses. Now, the ministry of the two witnesses seems very close or it's like the ministry of Elijah and Moses. But the Bible does not tell us that that is Elijah and Moses. But we know that Moses was able to strike the earth with plagues. He was able to turn water into blood. And he, um, Elijah had power to shut heavens and that it should not rain. He had power to call fire from the earth. And we know that there is some sort of similarity between the ministry of Elijah and the ministry of Moses to what the Bible is telling us now about the two witnesses. But the Bible does not give us the identity of the two witnesses. So let's allow God in his sovereignty, he can select any person to be the two witnesses. They could be Moses and Elijah. They could be um, Joshua. They could be anyone. And so let's allow God in his sovereignty to do his own selection. But the, all, the only thing the Bible tells us that there are going to be two people who are going to be two witnesses. And their ministry is going to be like that, that um, the ministry of like Moses and Elijah that we have seen in the Bible. And again, when you read the book of Daniel, it tells us, it tells us the fact that the Antichrist is going to make his Jerusalem his base, where he from Jerusalem they are going to um, defile the holy city. Jerusalem had always been referred to as the holy city, and whenever you read the Bible, Jerusalem. Was, but then we see that the Antichrist will make that place his headquarters, defile the holy city, and um, defile the temple as um, Daniel. Um, talks about next week hopefully we'll read from daniel as well and 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 so the 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 two witnesses will stand against um will stand against the antichrist and everything he will do against them will fail until the ministry of the two witnesses are complete uh, have come to an end when the ministry of the two witnesses come to an end then god will allow the two witnesses to be killed and so the Bible says in verse 7, When they finish their testimony, the beasts that are sent out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And so that is Jerusalem, where our Lord was crucified. Now Sodom, we know what was prevalent in the city of Sodom? That is homosexuality. And we know the prevalent um, thing in the city in Egypt is idolatry. And so that is what is going to happen. The Bible tells us that the anti in the book of Daniel that the Antichrist is going to sit in Jerusalem and call himself a god and would demand worship from the people. And the people will bow down to the image of the Antichrist. That is idolatry. And there is going to be sexual, sexual immorality is going to abound. And this Antichrist will go into the temple and desecrate the temple. And we, we, we read that from the book of Daniel, God willing, um, next week. So we're going to end here for today. We have four minutes on the clock. We're going to end here for today. We'll start from chapter 11 again. Next week, God willing, where we meet. Um, just want to open it up if there are any questions 
for today or any contributions for today. Any questions, any contributions? Anyone want to share with us what's something they have learned today? From the book of Revelations. Okay. Alright, so no questions then. Okay. Alright, let's just use this few minutes to pray. Let's pray. Um, for the word of God that he has revealed to us today. Let's pray for our friends, those who don't know Jesus Christ, our family members, those who don't know Jesus Christ. We are praying that God will, will have an encounter with those people. They will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. As we just read from Revelations, people who went through all these plagues and all these things that happened, some of them still did not repent. They continued in their sexual immorality and in their evil ways. Let's pray for our friends, for an encounter, that the hand of the Lord will reach them, our family members, that they will be saved and delivered from the power of darkness and from the power of Satan. Let's begin to pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we lift up our family members, our friends, O oh God, to you in the name of Jesus. We are asking, O oh God, for an encounter for our brothers, for our sisters, for our uncles, for our aunties, O oh God, for our friends in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you touch them just like you met Saul on the way of on the way to Damascus. We pray for an encounter that will transform their lives, an encounter that will change them in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray that their hearts will be renewed by the power of your word in the name of Jesus. We ask that your spirit will minister to them. Father, we pray for those who require angelic visitation with dispatch angels, O oh God, to minister to them in dreams, in visions, O oh God, and encounters, O oh God, that will turn their lives around in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, Father, we pray for the boldness to speak your word to our friends, to our family members. We ask, O oh God, that we will have the sense of agency, O oh God, that will speak to our world in the name of Jesus. We will bring them, O oh God, to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that they will be delivered from these things that is to come upon the people, the enemies of God and the, the, the sons of disobedience. We pray in the name of Jesus, O oh God, that we will touch this word this world with your power of oh God and with your word that the lives of people will be transformed in the mighty name of Jesus we thank you God in Jesus name we are afraid amen 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 all right um, God bless you for joining today um, there's no question comment then um, we'll meet again next week I don't know if Pastor Steve has anything to say.